0: But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to Home Energy Design. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'd like to personally wish each and every one of you a very happy new year. Welcome to 2021. Hopefully you've purchased the workshop that astrologer Sharita Starr and I made. I think it's called 2021 Feng Shui and Astrology. Uh, We share with you what to expect at the beginning parts of 21 and really how to thrive through using Feng Shui principles. And so far, the astrology is unfolding just as planned. Eek! (laughs) It's so interesting that Mars has been in Aries for the last six months, which is very unusual. It's typically only in a sign for about six weeks, but it was there for six months because it was retrograde. So when it transitioned into Taurus, then all of a sudden it's, uh, you know, putting aggression and energy in things that we consider stable. And so we saw the revolt in the capital. So it's like it... It always says so in the sky. It's like this uh, little peek into, hmm, things are going to get a little shaky, and they did, <laughs> and January's probably going to continue to be that way. It's going to be a bumpy road. We've got a lot of weird things in the sky going on, uh, a little bit of aggression, a little bit of uh, shock and awe, revelation. And February, we've got a Mercury retrograde. So, you know, if you're here in the States, uh, United States, just be aware. There's a lot going on. And if you're interested in learning more, just about what to expect over the next uh, three to four months, be sure to check out that workshop that she and I did. You can find it on design.com uh, or interiorvibes.com. Same website, uh, just different names. Uh, to help people depending on the direction that they're going. I think I've mentioned this before on the show, but you know, I am an interior designer. So if somebody hires me to just do feng shui and I tell them to go to an interior design website, sometimes they get confused. Thus, that is why we created the Interior Vibes Uh, website name I guess is what you call it URL that's what it is sorry it's early in the morning it's early Friday morning I'm recording this at the last minute as usual (laughs) but it's been a little chaotic and crazy Uh, I've had uh, a pretty shocking revelation uh, occur in my own family Um, you know we talked Sharita and I talked about last year how the mantra moving forward We would be experiencing a lot of grief and loss and change and uh, I have remained untouched until now. Um, I have a family member that was just diagnosed with cancer and um, it's terminal and uh, I'm trying to deal with it to the best of my ability but um, I gotta admit I mean I'm, I'm having a hard time with it all so the good news is is that today's show is amazing. Uh, It uh, is one that I've been hanging on to for a couple of weeks. I've mentioned it a couple of times in my newsletters because I've been so excited to share it with you. But I did not want to put it up in December because I was afraid that it would get lost in the shuffle of the holidays and people, you know, being focused on other things. And I thought this would be a really fantastic way to kick off the new year. This show has a lot of hope in it, which I think a lot of people really need right now. I know I do. It was really great um, just being able to focus on the light at the end of the tunnel. And today's guest is author and healer Rebecca Dawson. Uh, She's really going to share with us um, not only the light at the end of the tunnel, but the turmoil that we're going through. She channels the masters and she has written uh, this amazing book called The Agreement. And the reason why it's such a fantastic book is it reminds me very much of the Dolores Cannon uh, books and, and Dolores's work because Dolores often gave us a lot of hope through uh, the revelations that she got through her hypnosis practice. And the difference is, is that Rebecca channels this information from the masters, but the book shares with us the five pillars of the awakening that we're all going through. And I'm telling y'all, this book was incredible. I read it at the beginning of November with Amy Ray. She was with me at the beginning of November. Uh, She and I traveled a little bit and we went and saw my mom for Thanksgiving. And we read this book while we were on that trip. And I gotta tell you, we were both just blown away. I mean, there were chapters and sections of the book that we read, reread, and then we would reread it again because we were so blown away by the message of hope, uh, understanding, revelation, ahas. I mean, it just was filled with everything. And the book talks about. Uh, the five pillars, which we're going to get to uh, into today in the show, but it, it really explains the shift that is occurring and what we are all witnessing as we ascend. And you look around and, you know, I've mentioned this before on the show, a lot of people are calling 2020 a curse word. And I think a lot of people are like, yay, 2020's done. That means 2021 is going to be better. And not necessarily. Again, Sherita and I talk about this in the workshop, talking about the astrology. But, you know, especially here in the States, we are approaching a Pluto return. And so we've got a lot more chaos and turmoil to go through. But it's, you know, it's to help us see what's not serving us and what's not working so that a new system, an amazing new system, can emerge. And I've been saying here on the show, but, you know, it's hard to to listen because as you're going through it, you're like, no, I don't want to hear this. But I've been talking about this for a couple of years now. But the turmoil that we are experiencing is going to continue for probably the next four to five years. But it will be worth it because we are emerging. What we're going to hear more about today in the Masters with uh, uh, Rebecca's channels is that What's so cool is how much these modalities really coincide. How feng shui, numerology, astrology, uh, reiki, uh, channels, healers, everybody, mystics. It's like everybody's getting the same message in a little bit of a different way. It's all tweaked a little bit, but it's all messages of hope. We're all, you know, getting the same outlook in just a little bit different of a way. And so I think that's what we really learn from Rebecca today is that many things that she shares in the book are things that are going on around us. They're things that um, you can say, oh, yeah, that has happened in my life. And you learn that it's a, a whole part of the ascension. It's a whole part of the agreement. And remember, folks, we all agreed to be here at this time. Think about your life even five years ago. Have your friends changed? Have you moved? How about your relationships? How about your diet? If you're listening to this show, I'd argue that you're also becoming very open-minded, very curious, and even highly spiritual. And even the evolution of this show. You know, I've always done a very woo show. I've always done a show about energy and you know alternative therapies for health and wellness but in the last you know even i would say the last five years i've really taken it woo and every year it goes further and further and further <laughs> to the point of i mean i've got somebody coming on in a couple of weeks that i'll be recording with that talks about the various timelines and that may not have been a, a show that i would have done five years ago but now I'm going there. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I want to get the information out. But that is all a part of the agreement, which Rebecca talks about in her book. So it's hands down one of the best books that I read in 2020. It's the most informative explanation of why we are going through our current circumstances and the experiences that we're having. But more importantly, it explains where we're going. And it's super freaking exciting. So I think that more than anything, this show is going to give us hope. And I think after a year like 2020, now more than ever, we need hope and we need a reason. We need an explanation of why the hell do we have to go through this? You know, isn't one year enough? (laughs) So by the time we do get done with all this, we probably will be quite tired and jaded and worn out, but it will emerge into something quite beautiful, which is exciting. Uh, One more thing, before we dive into today's show, I do wanna mention the How to Make More Money with Feng Shui online course is now live and up. It's my latest on-demand online course that teaches you how to use Feng Shui to make more money. And if you've taken any of my classes, you know, it's not a kitschy rink-a-dink feng shui nonsense kind of course. It's hardcore tangible tips that shows you, you know, just what to look for and how to manipulate the energy in your environment to accumulate wealth, not only in the sector of money, but in all areas of your life. And you can find that on the homepage. I'll probably leave it up on the homepage for a couple more weeks. Um, and if you're listening to this afterwards, you know, maybe you're listening to the show in February or something, please note that on the homepage of my website in the upper right hand corner, it says Feng Shui courses. And so you can go there in the navigation bar and all of the courses are listed and it will take you to the courses website. Alrighty. Today, you're going to meet Rebecca Dawson, author, channel, spiritual healer, and uh, this book, as I mentioned, that she just wrote, The Agreement, is awesome, so I recommend that all of you run out and get it, but you're going to learn today from the show about The Agreement, the five pillars, and the light at the end of the tunnel that's taking us into the golden era. Ah. Yes, folks, it's worth it. All right, you ready? Hell yeah! Let's do this. Hey, Rebecca, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so, for having me. Ah, oh, good lord. So, Rebecca and I were just talking a little bit before the show. Um, I I can't even say that I'm super excited because words don't even express um, not only my gratitude but my level of excitement to have you on the show. It's, you know, I feel like kind of a kid in a candy store when I have the ability to read a book that really changes my life. But I, unlike many people, I have the opportunity to read a book and write down questions and I get to go straight to the horse's mouth and and get answers. So I feel just incredibly grateful that I have you on the show today, that I can go straight to the source and get my (laughs) answers. So I think this is going to be great. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing what unfolds. Oh, gosh. Uh, I I would really love to just dive into some of the hard questions, but I have to realize that the audience has not read the book yet. And so um, I want to start out a little bit slow and get them kind of caught up to my level of excitement here. <laughs> um, Rebecca has written this incredible book called The Agreement, and she channels the masters. And this book is about... Um, the five pillars, which is the agreement. And I think it's an incredible uh, blueprint, especially if you're dealing with a lot of chaos during this pandemic and everything that's been kind of catapulting us into this new paradigm. Um, so we're going to unfold these questions, um, to get you caught up to speed, but I'm curious, Rebecca, it it says in the book that you started channeling the masters around 17 and good Lord, I think about when I was 17 and I was dumber than a box of rocks. I mean, here you have connection (laughs) to the divine wisdom. What did that look like for you? (laughs) Well, you know, I think
1: it's a, it's a great place to be when you don't know a lot to, uh, to start tapping into wisdom that goes beyond what we what we already know or understand. I think uh, so that was an advantage for me in many ways. Uh, I don't think I'd built up my belief systems as strongly as as adults, perhaps. So there was maybe a little less filter to get through. But for me, I mean, it was never really um, I mean, it's not it's not something you aspire to, I don't think. Did you (laughs) have any school and say, I'm going to go be a channeler? (laughs) Right.
0: And I'm curious, you know, like, did you have any inclination or anything prior to this, that you were this powerful conduit and connected to the masters? Were there any clues or did this like just spontaneously happen one day? Well, the channeling itself
1: spontaneously happened one day. Uh, I was um, consoling someone who'd been through a breakup and then all of a sudden, you know, my energy felt very different. I felt very expanded and then my voice changed and I you know, went into this whole um, conversation with this person about their history and their patterns and their blueprints and while this was happening for them. And it seemed like a few minutes at the time, but when I actually came out of it, um, it had been an hour. Wow. And uh, I wasn't really aware of what was happening in the room, but you know, the person I was speaking to was <laughs> scribbling down notes, all of this information <laughs> that had come through. Um, but, I mean, prior to that, I've, I've, I guess you would say um, I've had some capacities and abilities that most people um, perhaps aren't aware of that we all have. I mean, I could always see energy fields around people. Um, and I, th- I think largely when I came into this life experience, I had a lot of memory from other life experiences that never really left me. So um, I had an awareness, I guess, that went beyond the physical, let's say that. Um, and it was never a plan, of course, to, to, to be a channeler. I, I tried really hard to have regular directions and, and careers. Um, and it was always kind of, you know, through my twenties, I had a period of time where I really went overseas and concentrated on really developing this for myself But I always ended up, you know, doing it as a side hustle, really. (laughs) Not a a hustle per se, but, you know, it's not something that you ever think you could do. uh, Well, not at that age anyway, for your life, because my impression of people who were channelers or at that time, I guess the whole paradigm really was spiritual teacher. And it's not something I ever really aspired to or wanted to do because I didn't like the sense of responsibility that went with that. And also I was so young. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't think anyone would take me really seriously, you know. Um, so it wasn't really until my late 20s, early 30s, that uh, it really became very apparent that I couldn't separate out my life anymore. I couldn't do one thing during the day to earn money and then uh, go and, you know, do this in, for groups of people or individuals on the weekends or after hours. So it kind of had to, it had to be, I had to become this. Step into your purpose, girl. Yes, (laughs) it couldn't be something I do. It had to be something that I am. And
0: that took some time. That's a great way to put that. So tell us how the five pillars, this agreement, how did this unfold for you? Was this something that you've known for a long time? Or has this just evolved in the last couple of years? Because now is the time we need to know it.
1: Well, it's interesting because the way in which this information is being presented is, is, is relatively new because the content for this book was received this year. So it's very current for what's happening on the planet right now, which is, which is one of the reasons I'm, I'm really um, enjoying speaking with people about it. We've, we've been writing about the paradigm shift for Earth for some time now, um, but this, the way in which this information is presented it's interesting I don't know what you felt about it but when when the book was coming together it was like it's such ancient timeless wisdom but it feels so new in the way that it's being presented um yeah I view. felt kind of
0: like a child listening to my wise grandfather telling me <laughs> things and kind of the distant back part of my memory going oh yeah this makes sense <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it does
1: but it's quite um it's quite uh, radical, I feel, in the way that it's been presented. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I think that it's radical in the sense that it has been there and we've been ignoring it. And I feel like this is a, a great reminder. Um, there's five pillars body, emotions, thoughts, relationships, and beliefs. And um, I really found myself as I read each section, um, you know, after I read the section on the body. I loved it. I was like, Oh my God, if I ever, ever eat Cheetos again, I'm going to say that they're divine. Like as I was reading (gasps) the book, I was talking about that. I was like, of course, it's just my judgment that it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that that was an incredible chapter. And then I get into emotions and then I get into thoughts and then, you know, it wraps up on belief and like each chapter I was like, well, this one can't be topped. And then I would get into the next one. And I'm like, Oh, well, nope. This one can't be topped. I'm curious, was, you know, as you're channeling this information, I mean, it's such a stupid egoic question, but did you have a favorite pillar? Is there one that resonates more with you than another? Well, it's so interesting because
1: I think a lot of people think that as, as a channeler, you know, you bring through information And, you know, you're observing it and listening to it and it makes sense. And then perhaps you apply it in your life. But there there isn't really any separation between the experience of being human and this information for me. So to answer your question, I would say that each of the challenges or each of the points of view that required adjustment for me (laughs) with each of these pillars, I have been experiencing in my life. So in that regard, all of them have been incredibly valuable for me because they speak to what it's like being an awakened human at this time. And a lot of people think that being conscious or being awakened means that you somehow bypass the challenges of being human. But actually what happens is that the intensity of being human becomes more profound we become more aware of our challenges. We become more aware of the paradoxes of our existence. I want to ask you about
0: that because uh, one of the things that I found really interesting under the section of emotions is they, the masters say to you, the frequency on the planet appears to be rising, but it is actually the human capacity to express energy that's rising. Can you explain that? Give us a little bit more thought on that. Yes.
1: So as, as the, consciousness of humanity or the consciousness of the planet increases in frequency well we like to talk a lot of people like to talk about consciousness and in a measurable quantifiable way so we start talking about an increase in vibrational frequency um really what's happening is that consciousness or divinity is flooding this human and earth reality that we have right now as it floods reality it's not that in our view that we're ascending out of here. It's that more of us are showing up than ever before. And when that happens, it's easy to have an understanding that the more conscious you become, the less you feel the intensity of life and the less you feel emotions, for example, or discomfort in the body or challenges with relationships. And, yeah, what happens is you experience more of it. So it's, it's what I like to call an amplified experience of life. It's like turning up the volume on everything. And, and for people who, who go through an awakening, that can really be quite unexpected. In the beginning it can be quite joyful. Oh, everything looks brighter. Mm. Um, sounds are more beautiful. This taste is incredible for me. I feel so much love and gratitude in my heart. But we can't separate out the intensity of that human experience with the intensity of um, grief, for example, or Mm. discomfort within the body or noticing more the nuances in relationships that feel dissonant and resonant. (laughs) So everything gets louder and, and more intense. And I think for me, you know, this year, every one of those pillars has been an incredibly intense experience and, and you can't really separate out the personal from the collective anymore. So for me, like physically, um, I actually had a heart attack six weeks ago. Oh my God. And that was really, really intense. Um, I mean, I'm fine. And it was uh, spontaneous and the doctors don't really know what, what caused it. So on. interesting case study for them right now but it's the intensity of the experience of the heart and in relationships you know um there's been a lot of a lot of grief and, and uh a few close people people close to me have um have taken their lives in the last few years and that's very intense so um the information in here has been incredibly useful for me personally Because it's allowed me to begin to appreciate life for the beauty of the intensity of the human experience, rather than trying to experience one part of humanity and kind of move past or bypass the rest.
0: Which is a very human thing to do, right? That's the ego 1000%. It really is. (laughs) And, you know, a lot of people contact me
1: from around the world when they're going through this awakening and becoming conscious and they say, you know, I think I'm regressing or I've gone off my path or somehow I'm, I'm not doing this right because I'm feeling all of this emotion or because I'm now feeling disillusioned with the life that I created for myself. Or um, I'm, I'm experiencing aches and pains in my body. And they don't want to experience those aspects of life. They only want to experience, you know, the cherry on top of the sundae.
0: <laughs> Unicorns and pixie dust. Yep. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> but it's all of it. Life is all of it.
0: I think that uh, what I liked about the the book is the thread that you talked about throughout all the pillars was the multi-dimensionality that we're moving uh into into the 3d reality which is basically putting us into 5d and in our circles you know good lord I've been talking about 5d for at least the last 10 years I mean I really got into it with Dolores Cannon's work which she started talking about it in the early 2000s but I think I finally started to fully embrace it probably you know eight or nine years ago but can you explain, from your perspective, since you've you've got this uh, direct line to God, so to speak,
1: <laughs> as we all do, <laughs> right?
0: Uh, some more than others. Uh, this idea of what the hell is this 3d 5d thing. Like what, what does this mean? This multidimensionality, you know, I I always have to think of my listeners as I've got people that have been with me for the full 10 years. And I've got people where this will literally be the first show that they've listened to. And they may have never heard this concept of 5d. So what exactly is happening? What does this mean?
1: Well, I think it's a term that's used a lot, but perhaps a lot of people, don't really um, have an awareness of what that means, you know, on a practical level. So when we talk about dimensional realities, it's not just about a particular frequency that holds a dimensional reality. Overlaid on every dimensional reality is a, is a blueprint or a construct for how that reality operates. It's almost like uh, the laws of creation or the, uh, the natural order of things for each dimensional reality. So when we were existing largely or our attention and focus as humanity was existing largely in third dimensional reality, that construct for creation and life experience is very much based on cause and effect. So you have an intention for something and this is the outcome. And we understand that principle in terms of how we understand our world to work. Um, It's very much about donating energy. It's about putting consistent focus on things in order to get things to move or to take action. And it takes a lot of effort and a lot of work. And we move sequentially. We think in a linear way. If you think about um, pushing a ball up a hill, you have to continually apply energy and donate energy to get that ball to move. And if you take your focus off it or if you move away, things can change very, very quickly. Third dimensional reality is also based on cycles and it's a cycle of perpetual motion. So we tend to have the same experiences over and over again. And this is really what the karmic principle is being based upon, is the mechanics of reality for third dimension. Where this continual focus keeps that cycle moving around and around. And we could look at that like a circle rolling along the ground. Uh, It takes a bit of energy and it takes a bit of effort. And I think that we apply this to every area of our lives. I mean, we're we're taught that nothing in this life really happens without effort. And uh, we place our value on ourselves as humans as how much effort we put into things, how much we can get things moving if we can take action and make things happen, how productive we can be. But this sense of productivity, along with this repetition, ultimately has created this reality we find ourselves in now where it's very difficult to experience anything new. And even if we feel like we know what we want, if we have a goal or an intention for what we want, and you are aware of what that is, and you can reference that with your mind, then chances are it's already been experienced or it's already happened. So as a humanity, we keep going
0: around in cycles.
1: <laughs> yeah. Where do we go? Where do it's we the go? the definition
0: of insanity, right? <laughs>
1: that's right. So that's how I describe 3D. When we start moving into fifth dimensional reality, the mechanics for creation work very differently. So if you imagine that circle rolling along and the effort required for that, we now start to look at that circle becoming a sphere. So instead of being able to move backwards or forwards with that circle along a timeline or in terms of where we think our life's going like a life path or a life journey, suddenly we're at the center of this sphere and we've got all of these different directions that we can move in, that ball can go anywhere it's not locked into a timeline, or a karmic contract, or a linear sequence of events. So, all of a sudden there's new options and possibilities. The Rules have changed. We now don't have to go in a certain direction for what we think is progress, we can now move in any direction. And when we move in any direction, it also means that we can change our minds at any time. We don't have to necessarily keep going in one direction like a predetermined life path or fate, if you will. So this spherical reality that is 5D gives humanity real choice for the first time, not choosing between A and B, move forward or move back, but I can go this way and this way and this way. So I, I liken it to Being so used to ordering off an a la carte menu at a restaurant where you go in and I'll choose one one, uh, appetizer and one main course and one dessert and I have to sacrifice the other things on there. We suddenly find ourselves in a position where there is a buffet of possibilities and we get to choose again and again and again and again. And this is how a new reality gets created. So if we want to create a new earth, we have to have new potentials and possibilities, not be tied to our history. Which to so me is
0: super exciting.
1: It is. It, because it's, it really is freedom. But the key to, to really stepping into fifth dimensional reality is not just your awareness of it it's also giving yourself permission to choose continuously. Because if we think about our daily practice in life, we don't really choose a lot. A lot of what we do is automated and habitual and based on decisions we made a long time ago.
0: I think what uh, under the thought pillar on page 92, oh my God, this resonated so much with me it's called disengaging thought from the linear reality, which is exactly what you were just talking about. And in this section you say, or I should say the masters you channeled through say, motivation does not exist if there is no sequence of thought to accompany it. You may have a sense of being completely void of any direction with your thought. Many awakening humans are experiencing this, but are translating it into an experience of having no motivation indeed many are not feeling motivated to do anything at all why because the way that thought is expressing through human consciousness in your system is changing this gave me permission because i keep thinking I can't tell you how many times I have told my girlfriends this year, I'm so unmade, unmotivated. I should be doing more. I should be getting more done. And I don't want to, <laughs> <laughs> and I've literally right. used the word unmotivated. I can't tell you how many times this gave me perfect yes. per- total motivation or uh, permission to not have the motivation and to just be. Exactly.
1: And look, it's not a permanent state of of apathy when we find ourselves in that place. I think, you know, the mind gets so alarmed because it thinks, oh my gosh, I'm I'm going to be like this forever. (laughs) So we start scrambling around looking for something to move towards. But when you understand spherical reality, and you realize that you're sitting in the center of your reality, there's nowhere for you to go. It's now about allowing your attention to graze. You stay exactly still where you are in your presence and where is my attention taking me in this moment? Where is my gaze resting? And that's such a powerful, beautiful alchemical experience because when you allow your gaze to move around you in all directions, there's a huge surface area on that sphere. The power of your gaze has the ability to ignite A new experience. And suddenly, oh, there's something there that you didn't know even existed. A new possibility, a new doorway for life.
0: I love that. And you also you follow up. This is from page 105. It says, if you are experiencing a breakdown in your thought process. An inability to project far in the future, Uh, yeah, or (laughs) to be able to anticipate direction, Uh, I can't, and indeed a lack of enthusiasm, Uh, yes, to do anything that has already been done, understand that you are sitting in the most beautiful center of the cosmic eye of creation." I mean, again, I was just like, oh, thank God, amen, hallelujah, I'm okay, I'm not broken. <laughs> yes, and I think, you know,
1: we're so goal-driven and yes. taught to be goal-driven because we're taught that we live in a reality where we need to build up charge within us, build up energy, and then apply that energy and donate it in order to get life to move. And and it's just cosmically so unnatural but we're so used to donating energy to make life happen Mm. Um, and yet life happens in the most beautiful natural unexpected and delightful way if we put ourselves back into the center and start to become available for what's possible instead of trying to make it happen And it's really, it it can be very challenging for people to step into that because when you first do, as I'm sure you're discovering, as I've been discovering, it's very easy to feel guilt and shame around that. I feel guilty. I'm not being productive. What is my value here? How am I contributing to society? How do I measure my own worth if I'm not making something happen?
0: Well, in the the judging this is at the top of the show i was talking about telling my cheeto that it was divine on page 126 there are many conscious humans who have been having experiences with things they would normally choose to reject it is a time for you to embrace the totality in every experience you describe an experience that you had considered unhealthy Can you give yourself permission to see it as something divine that is arising, uh, aka Cheeto? How challenging is it for you to see divinity within something that has been judged so harshly? Perhaps your consciousness is giving you an experience of what it is to taste all of life. Oh my God, I love that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that's just a Cheeto. Can you imagine how this world would be if we applied that to people?
0: Well, yes, because then you follow up the master say how typical it is of humans to be so selective and judgmental. <laughs> oh, it's true. They I know mean, when you well. look at
1: a landscape, you know, you look at out onto a beautiful scene and, you know, there's trees and perhaps mountains and, and clouds in the sky and every part of that scene makes up that beautiful hole you know we don't as humans look at that scene and say you know that tree over there on that ridge that's a little out of place we need to adjust that that needs some work (laughs) or or the shape of that mountain we just want to you know we want to make that a little bit more symmetrical I mean that's an awful lot of work and we would never do that because we see it as abiding with natural law and we look at that and we say that is perfect. But if we apply that to a human landscape, can you imagine looking at a room full of people and feeling the same way? That everything is just exactly where it needs to be and it's all perfectly divine. And yet we're the harshest when it comes to ourselves. So not only do we try and adjust the human landscape because we can't accept it in its totality, but we are the worst with ourselves. I need to adjust this. I need to improve this. I need to work on this. I need to change this about myself and how I feel and how I think. So harsh with our own internal landscapes. It's interesting. Well, I think
0: we're, we can be quite harsh towards a lot of things um, and quite judgmental. And one of the things that I really loved Uh, is this idea of expect the unexpected. And (laughs) it says in here, the human mind has always been conditioned to be very suspicious of the unknown, because the mind for many thousands of years on the planet has been geared towards survival through separation. And so the masters say, perhaps you should take a step back and say, what else can happen? What else can happen in this space? And you talk about, expecting the unexpected is very, very powerful. It brings your attention to the moment where something new can be created. And I can feel people's butt pucker. They're probably like, Oh my God, I don't like change, but <laughs> we're really stepping into. It sounds like, uh, you mentioned a timeline in, in the book of about five to eight years as this is kind of, this time frame is unfolding um, to really step into this space of stop being so hard on um, this idea of being motivated and having an enormous amount of, you know, enthusiasm towards pushing and striving and doing, and just simply being and being open to this creation process of, well, what else is there? It, and it's yes. quite very lovely space to be in.
1: It is, and it's you know, it's preceded by this movement that I think many are experiencing now, from knowing exactly what they want to I have no idea what I want, and and not knowing what you want allows you to scary. sink into. <laughs> it is scary. It is scary, and it feels like you're lost, but actually, you're waking up in a new reality and when you wake up in a new reality the pathways are not there yet and this is the big thing about moving from 3d to 5d is we're so used to being in a reality where all the pathways have already been created
0: mm. and we're
1: walking that well-trodden path even the well-trodden path to enlightenment or happiness or fulfillment or totality it's being done and so there's nothing new about it There's nothing new. I mean, how many children come through now, this younger generation of children, and they're not really interested in anything that's on offer.
0: Yeah. And you
1: think about when we were kids, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. Here's the choices.
0: (laughs) It's like a menu. So you mentioned in the book, uh, this idea, which was making me salivate this idea of the quote unquote golden era. So is the golden era, this kind of paradigm that we're walking into, we're shifting into now that's expressing itself that is essentially 5D or is the golden era something completely new and different? It's, it sounds like it's something that we've never seen before.
1: It's really introducing the earth reality to a new set of. A new set of possibilities that's all geared for creation it's all geared for creation and newness and it really is a real renaissance period for the greatest human capacity, which is creation, I mean the human design, we are designed as humans to create and not to repeat or to be able to create repetitively and consistently. Because that's what we do with our, with our days and with our years and with our lives. We, we pride ourselves and value our ability to produce consistently. Now producing consistently and repetitively has nothing to do with creation. And we mm-hmm. are designed to be really the greatest creative species in this galaxy and beyond humanity was designed as the ultimate creative species. So, you know, when we think about how earth is being referred to as the galactic garden of Eden, why is that? It's because humans were designed to be able to come into this reality and say, what is possible? What new can I create? And if we look at all of the species of plants and animals and insects and and even just all the different shapes of clouds that appear in the sky it is so much diversity the earth is designed originally to have this diversity and continually change and yet as humans we've come to believe that we're not supposed to change that much which is why we have all of these systems and requirements I think we're
0: scared of it. I don't think it's that. We're, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people, they find their comfort zones and it's the ego, it's the fear. You know, it's like they get into this place of, oh, what? You know, if I do that, this is going to happen. And I think that we've been conditioned. And th- I think this is authority figures too. Like you were talking about, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, a lot of kids aren't given a choice. It's you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer. And it's like they they get kind of shoved in a box. And it's because, well, you have to have a good profession because you have to make good money because you have to be able to. So it's all these pressures. And so creation isn't even an option. So. Right. It's fear, fear, fear.
1: Absolutely. And, and it's not natural. It's not what we're designed for. So if we look to the natural environment on the planet, I mean, look what's happening now within our reality. And let's look at reality for a moment, perhaps as as an extension of our awareness rather than something that's fixed. If we look at our reality at the planet now, how many species of plants and animals and insects are no longer available or not in our view?
0: Mm.
1: Because the diversity of continual creation is not what we are cherishing and living our lives by. And so what we're getting is more of the same, more of the same. (laughs) There's a lot of cows on the planet right now, for example. (laughs) And you look at agricultural practices. I mean, it's a dead giveaway, really, in my view. It's highly indicative of of our earth reality as agricultural practices because it's consistency, repetition, and
0: same- greed. (laughs) So explain to me, uh, you know, in my limited human brain, uh, you're talking about this, this beautiful era that we're stepping into of, you know, yes, I'm, I'm not feeling enthusiasm. I'm not feeling motivated, uh, I have never had more lack of direction in my entire life than I have in this year and kind of questioning, I've been stepping back and questioning everything. And, and this idea of, of creating something new is quite exciting and exhilarating. It's, it's, it's a great place to be. But then I also, you know, as I was reading that and and learning more about this creation, I was like, well, what does that even mean? Like. (laughs) what am i supposed to be creating you and then of course the ego gets involved again like well i have to think of something to create so help us understand like what that looks like is is this is divinity going to step in and and help us with this creation process or are things going to start you know you talk about the i don't know if i'm pronouncing this right the ekba that's going to be opening up in us. Yes. Um, (laughs) I want to get into that sucker, man. When I started reading about this, I was like, oh, I want to know more about this because it's talking about speaking our truth. (laughs) Um. (laughs) So so let's begin with the creation then, because, you
1: know, we tend to think that creation is something that's very concrete. So we have to create something. What we don't think about is that the way that we dream and imagine things and the way that we experience life experience is creation because creation is not an act it is divinity itself so it's the essence of who we are as humans beginning to come to life Mm. and when that happens everything is new and it can be it can be really small things like suddenly i'm tasting this in a completely new way suddenly i'm hearing things i couldn't hear before suddenly i want to have this experience that i didn't even know that i wanted to have and from that it eventually can become if if that is the design, something concrete, you know, that's new innovations for the planet, new artistic expressions, new systems and structures. And so the more concrete, I guess, tangible creations, it's kind of like when the experience becomes form. But really at this time we have an opportunity to think of creation in every moment How we see is a new creation. How we touch something and feel its texture is a creation because the experience itself is the seed that can then become something.
0: So I I feel like you're giving me permission to like just divulge and immerse myself in literally every single experience that I have. Exactly, because your attention...
1: And your presence, that's what seeds the new reality. Masters mm-hmm. always say to us that nothing in this earth reality exists without human attention.
0: Well, that, I and that
1: itself is radical. So if our attention is in a new experience, that experience now becomes available in the earth reality. It becomes available collectively. It's like putting a seed now into the earth sphere of reality. So now somebody else can come along and experience that. It's there, it exists. It's so powerful, and we don't realize how powerful we are. To experience something new for yourself is you birthing that into the earth reality for others to experience. It's quite incredible.
0: Well, yeah, and and really breaking down the last pillar, Where I think it was the last pillar, which is the belief. It's the belief that it doesn't exist. And it's the belief that fear exists and that um, we have to go down the same path because if we don't, we will get hurt or we will lose or there will be lack or it's that old paradigm, the old belief. And it's a matter of breaking through that and having the curiosity of what else could there be? What else is yes. there? You know, what? Yes. And I loved the idea too. I exist. I am, which you also talk throughout the book, like just, I felt like that was a great way. If you're getting caught up in the cyclone of, of the old 3D way of thinking, you can literally just stop and say, I exist. I am and break out of that
1: <laughs> right. cyclone
0: that doesn't serve you. Right, because we so identify with what we
1: see outside of ourselves. We actually forget that we exist. And uh, that we a great create. Little, yes, there's a great, little, um, a great little reminder I have for myself actually where I get a, a piece of paper and I roll it up like a little telescope <laughs> and I hold it up to my eye and I look through it. And in that moment I am so focused on what's through the other end of that telescope that I cease to exist Uh, because you're so focused on what you're looking at. Where are you in that? And so when I look through it and I realise I've disappeared, I then try and really feel myself looking through that rolled up piece of paper so that I know that I exist as well as what I'm seeing and it's such a powerful experience of presence in that moment you are the center of your reality again and it's such a magical alchemical experience because in that moment something new can appear
0: it's a great exercise too in yeah the narrowness of what we think exists and when you unroll the paper there's so much more outside of it that you cannot see yeah. So great exercise in the creation process. Okay, we're diving into this Ekpa. When I was reading about this, I was so damn <laughs> excited. I want to know more. You say it's an overlay over the throat chakra. I want to know more about it. I want to know how I open it. How do I find it? Where is it? I, I It sounds like a gold mine.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it is. And it's interesting because this information first came up. We first became aware of the Ekpa uh, about three years ago now, I think, and I was uh, with a group of people in, uh, uh, where were we, in Red, Redwood City, I think, in California, and we were talking about um, the voice. And this is actually before I knew anything about, you know, the sound and creation, which is the last chapter in the book. And, and the information that was coming through was that we, we understand already that there's a lot of changes going on in the human energy field and energy system that's part of the paradigm shift, including the way that chakras work differently now, the meridian system's changing, a whole bunch of things are changing with the human form. But one thing that's really coming online now is this, let's call it a gland, because it's being described as, as a gland, really, that sits just behind, actually, the throat chakra. And many people will sort of feel it at the back of the neck. Um, and have had some irritation or challenges with that area of their body as it starts to come online. Now, what the bar does, as we understand it, is that it creates a beautiful pathway between the cosmic mind, which sits between the heart and the, and the solar plexus, and the pineal in the brain. And what it does is it allows information to arise from the cosmic mind, which is the true essence of your divinity, and it allows it to be translated and spoken very, very clearly, communicated and expressed before it actually hits the matrices of belief in the mind. And this is what happens when many of us, as we're beginning to experience this, we come out with things before we understand what they are or suddenly a truth is spoken and you're like, wow, did that just come out of my mouth? I don't even know what that means. Um, so it, it gives us the ability to express truth without having a prior reference for it. And this is very, very important because what happens often is that we have wisdom that comes out of ourselves, but we pass it through the brain first. We check to see if it matches what we already know or believe, And then we'll make a decision whether or not to express it.
0: And then we filter it as well.
1: Absolutely. So the ECBAR is something that's such an incredibly important part of the human system. It's part of the original human blueprint and design, but it's been um, decommissioned over many years, like many other aspects of the, the human body. And it's coming back online now. And it's safe for people to... Edit less, it's safe for people to say things they don't understand because they're actually bringing out of themselves the real access and the real body of knowledge that sits beyond what our minds have been conditioned to believe or not believe.
0: Is there any way that, I mean, is this just going to happen kind of spontaneously or? Is there ways that we can work with this to allow this to happen? Well, it
1: is happening. It is happening. And for many people who are struggling to speak their truth at this time, what they're finding is that it's coming out emotionally instead. Mm. So people are spontaneously getting very emotional or upset and they're feeling the tightness in their throat and the back of their neck and up into the jaw because it feels like something needs to be expressed, but I don't even know what it is. I'm mm. feeling this, but I don't know why. I'm feeling, and for a lot of people, it's, um, it's almost like an anticipation. I'm on the edge of my seat right now, and I don't know why. I'm feeling irritated and restless, and I don't know why. And mm. this is this energy coming up from the cosmic mind into the Ekbar, because something needs to be expressed. But because the brain doesn't know what it is, It's like preventing yourself from expressing it.
0: That sounds nothing like the brain ever. (laughs) 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 Question everything. So, you know, I, I, to me, I was telling you before the show, I feel like this is a book where I have to reread it. And, and it's one of those things I've said, this Chinese proverb, uh, on the show many times where you're returning to a place and seeing it for the first time. And I feel like this book is going to be, um, that in many ways, because, uh, I read it twice before Rebecca and I did this interview and I gleaned entirely new and different information the second time that I went through. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't see that the first time, which was kind of funny, And actually, I think people have said that for you to fully absorb information, it takes like seven rounds. So (laughs) maybe that's what I need (laughs) to do.
1: Well, it's interesting because anything that the masters bring through is like origami. Um, Anyone who's done seminars and workshops with me, you know, you look at it, you think you understand the form, and then you come back to it again, and it's unfolded, and now it's a different shape. It keeps revealing itself.
0: And that's kind of, you know, because you mentioned uh, in the book that there's a new gland opening in the breastbone. It sounded like it was something different from the ECBA. And I'm like, Oh my God, like all these. And I, I had not seen that the first time that I read it, read through the book. And I feel like we've got all these really cool things that are coming online and um, yes. cool experiences that man, you know, I've, I've heard so many mystics and and shamans and things say that we wanted to be here specifically at this time, we were lining up to be here during this time. And, you know, you look at a year like 2020 and you're like, really? Like I wanted to be here during this, (laughs) but then you read this book and you hear about, you know, the, what we're shifting from and into, and you're like, Oh, how interesting that on a human level, we are experiencing something very dynamic that I don't think any humans on this planet have ever experienced before. And from a soul dimension, that must be incredible growth. I have to tell myself it's incredible uh, growth. Well,
1: well, we're experiencing things we couldn't experience within a perpetual cycle of life, where it's the same thing over and over again, and it's based on life and death. the original human design, we're actually designed for immortality. And uh, this is the first time that humanity is coming to the end of a cycle and not launching into a new one. It's the first time that we're actually moving out of the paradigm of cycle and cause and effect. And to do that, we have to stay here physically, because this is the first time we're not going through a mess physical death Mm. to be able to start a new experience so we we're here we're present we exist and what's what's being what's dying this time is our identities our beliefs our external systems and structures systems of order that are not in coherence with natural law the human continues on And everything else dies. Mm. And that's where we are. Anything that's not in resonance with natural cosmic law cannot continue to exist. And that's exactly what we're witnessing now. So this is a very, very triumphant time for humanity. And, And it's a great time to remind ourselves that actually this is where we get to see the best of humanity.
0: So in your opinion,
1: humanity is terrible.
0: (laughs) I I would agree with that. So in your, you know, just with the wisdom that you've gleaned from these masters and the information that you've been given, um, you know, do you feel that in this supposed five to eight years that we are going to emerge as this um, 5D human that is far more advanced and more open and more compassionate and just the better version of what we are supposed to be. Is that what I'm understanding? Oh, yes.
1: yes. But you know, we always look to external reality to tell us where we are, don't we?
0: Yeah. And so
1: now we look at all the things that are disseminating and crumbling and can't continue to exist with us in this frequency. In the next five to eight years, we're going to be seeing technologies and innovations and new systems of structure of community and cooperation that do agree with who we are in truth. And that's when we start to go, you know, we're doing okay. Look at us go.
0: And I think we're seeing glimpses of that now as as we see a lot of companies starting to go online. And, you know, there are a lot of old clunky companies that – you know, people would be far better off working from home and they had these old clunky systems and an old way of thinking that, oh, well, you can't work from home. You have to do it, you know, from here and, and from the, from the building itself. And then we've got this pandemic that comes through and all of these people go home and lo and behold, oh, we don't need to function in a building. We can actually function at home and maybe eliminate the idea of building or buildings for that matter and allow more nature to be in our, our spaces. And I find that people are more happy. They're more productive. Their their beingness and their essence is more elevated because they aren't having to go to work every day. And we're seeing it in our, our educational system as well, because now kids are having to learn online. So I think it's a little bit... Um, bumpy right now because it's all new and we're still trying to figure it out. But, you know, I feel like within five to eight years, we're going to have it figured out. And it, we are, we're go- I feel like we're going to emerge into to something and we're going to look back and say, oh my God, we were dumb. Why were we doing it that way when we can do it this way from a much more compassionate state and a creative state of being and really forging a new path? To me, that's very exciting.
1: It is. And, 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 you know, core, a core principle to all of that is that we didn't think we had the choice.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly we realize, Oh, actually there is choice. The power within us, which, you know, again, belief system, you know, it's the the whole breaking down of the the belief system and believing that there is no other way to do it. Um, I, I just find that, you know, there's a lot of fear and chaos going on with the, the pandemic. And, and I think that we are going to have a, a bumpy couple of years to, to get through it. But it's the belief system of knowing that we're waking up, our truth is coming through. Um, we're going to emerge as a better version of the human. Um, and I, I, I think it's really kick ass that we've got all these things inside of our human bodies, these meat suits that we wear, that are starting to wake up. And I feel like, you know, it's like the human version 2.0 that's coming online. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the original version. It's
1: what we were designed for. I mean, we're an incredible species, but we've become so so conditioned to look beyond ourselves. We look beyond ourselves for belief, beyond ourselves for permission, beyond ourselves for truth. When, When it's us, we're bringing it. I mean, the body is incredible. I mean, just the things that skin can do right now. I mean, scientists in the next few years are really going to be just discover what the skin is.
0: Yeah. And I, I found that fascinating in your book when you were talking about um, the skin and and just the, well, there's a lot of things in the book that you're talking about that were rocking my belief systems. I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but yeah
1: scientists have just discovered a new gland sitting exactly there just in the last month i've seen an article written on that someone sent it to me actually yeah so it's it's all coming it's all coming to life we're coming to life so this is not the end
0: this is the beginning i know which makes it very very exciting and i i think that um I can't thank you enough for putting channeling this information and putting it in book form. And it to me, it really felt like a blueprint of information to just the other day, I I was getting caught up in a belief system of about money. And a belief system of this month in particular has not been that great for me. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, freaking out, going into the panic of I've got to pay rent and I've got to do this. And, you know, and then it was so great. I was able to go to the book and I'm like, I'm going to read about belief systems and thought processes <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, breaking the old paradigm the the conditioning of that 3D reality and A plus B equals C and literally lack of creation. There's nothing new that's there. And so it was such a, not only a pleasure, but I was so grateful to be able to go to the book and just read divine wisdom that we forget, you know, our soul being, our higher selves knows this to be true. It knows this information But as the human, we've got this brain that filters this information and and we have amnesia and we don't remember this. And I feel like this book is like a deep, deep inner knowing that we've forgotten. So it was such a great reminder to be able to go to it and to say, okay, Amanda, got us take a step back. Quit freaking out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we all do it. We all do it, don't we? Money
1: is one of the most powerful beliefs that we have.
0: Right. It's, uh, it's a, it, and I, really I was telling my friend today, I'm like, I'm in a blip. I'm having a blip. I got to get out of my blip. Because, you know, and, and here I am, I, I'm an expert in feng shui. And I understand chi cultivation. And I'm like, my chi is out of control right now. <laughs> but we all do it. Oh, you know, yeah. none of us is perfect, because that's the humanness. But
1: yeah, and when it gets out of control, we can see it. And that's fantastic. It doesn't mean, mean we're awareness. failing. It
0: comes up for us to look at it and go, "Oh, that exists." <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I think that's the. I again, I, I. There are so many examples in the book where, the masters have given us permission, to be the way that the, we. The, the things that are the lack of motivation, the lack of direction, the uh, not knowing the future. Like, I feel like there's a lot of permission in the book of just stop doing and be, and it's okay. You don't have to have all those other things because in order to be in that place of creation, you have to be and break away from that idea of pushing and striving and trying. And like you said, rolling that boulder up the hill. Um, I, I do feel like the kids that are coming in now, They have different software than us. Like they're coming in and they don't have all this junk attached to them. And it's us old folks that have to like, you know, sweep that to the side and say, okay, that's a belief system. I need to get rid of it. And I need to step into this place of absolute divinity and creation, which is a beautiful already
1: wired for creation in 5d, which, you know, is, is creating with resonance rather than donation of energy.
0: Right. And again, it's just a matter of not letting the brain filter through that and saying, that's not real. You should fear this. It's change. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And yet, you know, so many of us are becoming very disillusioned with predictability and routine. It used to yeah. keep us safe, and now we find it's um, there's boring. not
0: much life in it. Yeah. Not much vitality in it. Quite boring. Well, Rebecca, I I cannot thank you enough for taking the time uh, to discuss this incredible book with me today, and sitting down with me, and a- a- answering all my questions. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, like... I
1: just I just love our conversation, and I I love that you've been able to engage with the content, and uh, and that it's ignited a whole lot more in you. <laughs>
0: Well, and it has, and it's really, again, I keep saying this, but it's, it's just such a wonderful blueprint to be able to have access to divine wisdom that again, we all know it's an inner knowing that is within us. It's an intuitive thing, but we forget. And so it's been a great reminder to go back to, and and like this past weekend when my girlfriend Amy and I were, I I was rereading the book and going through and, and like relationships, she's in love right now. She's been in this new relationship and I was, you know, sharing with her, uh, in the section of relationships, it talks about how important sovereignty is right now. And so I was explaining this sense of identity, um, don't get lost in the relationship and it, it you know, it's, it's more about you coming into it with your sovereignty. And she was just eating it up. She was like, oh my God, this resonates with me so much. And so, you know, I mean, each pillar has so much wisdom to it and really so much value For the times that we're in, I mean, those masters know what they're doing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's well, it's 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 who we are as humans. We just need a little reminder from time to time. I think.
0: Thank them for the reminder. (laughs) (laughs) and their deep wisdom. I do daily. (laughs) I'm grateful (laughs) for it too. (laughs) Well, Rebecca, if people are interested in learning more about you or uh, getting their hands on this book, where do they go? How do they find you?
1: So it's it's very simple. I've got a website, which is my name. So RebeccaDawson.net. Uh, and there's loads of free resources on there. I've also I'm on YouTube and I do channelings on there all the time. You can you can hear the masters and their messages. And and the first chapter of this book, which is all about the body, actually you can you can download for free on my website if you go onto the homepage there, to give you. Um, a wonderful introduction to how you're designed.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the body is a great one. I mean, like I said at the top of the show, I was like, "Oh my god, this is my favorite pillar." And of course, I declare this before I've read the other four. And I was like, "This is my favorite." And then of course, I got into emotion. I'm like, "Nope, this is my favorite." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we start with the body cuz it's probably the most uh accessible um for people but uh, that's just the beginning
0: (laughs) yeah you'll you'll dive into it and want the rest of it so just go buy the damn book (laughs) thank me (laughs) well thank thank you you again for coming on i want to thank you for listening today i hope that you have really enjoyed this show i know i did it was so exciting to be able to read a book and then speak with the author ask her questions and Just take a little bit of a deeper dive of more. You know, I think that if you're going through a lot of turmoil and chaos and it's all very confusing, maybe it's very overwhelming if you're experiencing anxiety, I think this book just really helps you, as my teacher says, to take a step back, see the bigger picture and have a greater understanding of the why. So I have put the uh, link to the book in the show notes if you'd like to purchase it. I would also highly recommend that you go to Rebecca's website, as she states, you can get uh, the first chapter of the book. It will just kind of suck you in so you realize that you need the book. <laughs> and I think it's one of those types of books that you read and then you reread and then you read it again. I think that uh, I've read it maybe four or five times now and every single time i dive into it i see something new so that tells me that my conscious is opening up because it didn't see it before which is really cool uh don't forget the how to make more money course is up and live and available for purchase. And if you want to have a better understanding of the astrology, which, you know, uh, I talked a little bit at the top of the show, the astrology is absolutely on point and in line with everything that Rebecca talks about. You know, we have all of these cues and clues that are all around us to help us kind of prepare for what's, you know, up and coming. It's like a little sneak peek of, hey, hello, this is coming. So if you'd like uh, a little bit more information about what's going on in the sky, be sure to check out the workshop that astrologer Sharita Starr and I did. It's 2021 Astrology and Feng Shui. I uh, share with you how to utilize the Feng Shui in your environment to kind of ground the energy and manipulate chi to help things stay calm, more accessible, uh, understandable. And Sharita explains just the energy of 21. And it's, you know, it's going to be chaotic. I, I, I don't want to sugarcoat it. It is going to be chaotic. Um, and again, for a very good reason, we're headed into some very good times. All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies.